we continue the series on the Bible creation account and in today's teaching we're going to look at um, day five of the creation account uh, given to us in the book of Genesis and it's from day five, day five and day six where God uh, begins to create the living creatures on the earth and um, so the opening passage of scripture that we look at uh, relating to this creation event is in Genesis chapter 1 verse 20 to 23. Scripture says, Then God said, Let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. So God created uh, great sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which the waters abounded, according to their kind, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good, and God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let birds multiply on the earth. So the evening and the morning were the fifth day. Um, and so, once again, we see in Scripture that God uh, described, well, the Scriptures describe that God does all of this creation in one day. Uh, and on this occasion, it's day five we're speaking about. But again, we'll, uh, we can see um, from this passage, as we've seen in previous passages, that although God created both the sea uh, living creatures and the, and the cre living creatures of, in the air on the same day, day five, he actually did it again in two stages. God first created the sea creatures and after that he then created the flying creatures of the earth. Um, and so that's why scripture does record it for us in that order. Um, most scientific evidence today points to the fact that the sea creatures on the earth are in fact the oldest life forms on the earth. So from that point of view, uh, science agrees with the creation account in Genesis. Um, the oldest marine fossils discovered thus far are called trilobites and they began to appear on the earth roughly about 521 million years ago. Um, as we examine God's creation of the living creatures in this series, and we'll get into it in a bit more depth, uh, not, not in today's teaching but going forward, what we will see is that the way that God creates the living creatures is that He um, populates the earth with a, uh, um, an era of species that fits the Earth's environment at that time. Um, it, we'll, again, we'll get into a bit more depth, but uh, the Bible is very plain to us, the book of uh, Ephesians and other parts in the New Testament, that God works through ages. And so there are various ages that have come and gone in the Earth, and there are also ages that we will still encounter in the future. And so what God does is that at the beginning of an age, um, and just on the living creature side now, um, he creates an era of species that he will uh, fit into the Earth's environment at that time. At the end of that age, when the Earth's environment changes, and we'll have a look at how that works, uh, God brings those, that era of species to an end and then repopulates the Earth once again with a new era of species. And he does that all the way through um, from beginning of creation day five to the end of creation day six when he finally creates mankind. Um, and so 
what we will see is that there, as I say, there, there are all of these ages that have gone past in in um, the Earth's timeline of history, and God created an era of species, brought it to a close, next era brought it to a close, all the way up to the end of day six, where he created the, the last era of species that populate the earth today. And those are the, the, uh, the sea creatures that we see in the earth today, obviously the land animals, and also obviously the winged creatures that fly in the earth, birds as we know them. And so that's uh, talking about the sea creatures. So uh, clearly the scripture tells us that the first uh, creatures, living creatures that God created on the earth are in fact the sea creatures. As I say, science does agree with that because as they examine the fossils in the earth, they have uh, identified that the oldest living creatures, life forms that they can find on the earth are in fact uh, sea creatures and the trilobites is an example of that which they date to existing on the earth roughly 521 million years ago. Now we, a passage of scripture that's quite interesting for us is in Job chapter uh, 41. In this discourse, God is having a, a discourse with uh, Job in challenging Job as to, you know, just who is the creator and how much Job actually does know about God's creation. Um, if you go back and you read the account in Job, Job had begun to question um, God's uh, judgment, so to speak, and so God was just putting Job in his place, basically. But one of two, on two occasions in the discourse, God mentions two different creatures that he's created. Um, and we're going to have a look at one of those discourses, one of the, the um, accounts now, um, to give me an idea of what these creatures actually did look like that God created in ages past. So let's pick it up. It's in Job chapter 41, verse 1 to 34. I'm going to read the whole passage because God is very descriptive to us in this passage about this particular uh, creation of His. And He says, Can you draw out Leviathan with a hook, or snare his tongue with a line which you lower? Can you put a reed through his nose, or pierce his jaw with a hook? Verse 7. Can you fill his skin with harpoons, or his head with fishing spears? Lay your hand on him, remember the battle, never do it again. Indeed, any hope of overcoming him is false. Shall one not be overwhelmed at the sight of him? No one is so fierce that he would dare stir him up. Verse 12. I will not conceal his limbs, his mighty power, or his graceful proportions. Who can remove his outer coat? Who can approach him with a double bridle? Who can open the doors of his face with its, his terrible teeth all around? His rows of scales are his pride, shut up tightly as with a seal. One is so near another that no air can come between them. They are joined one to another. <clears throat> they stick together and cannot be parted. His sneezings flash forth light and his eyes are like the eyelids of the morning. Out of his mouth go burning bright, burning light, sorry, sparks of fire shoot out. Smoke goes out of his nostrils as from a boiling pot and burning rushes. His breath kindles coals and a flame goes out of his mouth. 
strength dwells in his neck, and sorrow dances before him. The folds of his flesh are joined together, they are firm on him and cannot be moved. His heart is as hard as stone, even as hard as the lower millstone. When he raises himself up, the mighty are afraid. Because of his crashings, they are besides themselves. Though the sword reaches him, it cannot avail. Nor does spear, dart, or javelin. He regards iron as straw and bronze as rotten wood. The arrow cannot make him flee. Sling stones become like stubble to him. Darts are regarded as straw. He laughs at the threat of javelins. His undersides are like sharp potsherds. He spreads uh, pointed marks in the mire. He makes the deep boil like a pot. He makes the sea like a pot of ointment. He leaves a shining wake behind him. One would think the deep had white hair. On earth there is nothing like him which is made without fear. And so in this particular discourse, God describes at, uh, one of his creations to Job. And God calls this particular sea creature that he describes to Job, Leviathan. Now, some, some Bible teachers have foolishly uh, tried to equate this particular creature that God describes with either a crocodile or a whale. Now, quite clearly, if you read the account and you look at a crocodile and you look at a whale, there's no way that either a crocodile or a whale come anywhere close to resembling the creature that God describes to us in this account. One of the, the glaring um, issues is that this particular creature was able to breathe fire. Now, uh, you know, most natural men just won't accept that, obviously. But most uh, Bible scholars don't accept that either, and they do not um, believe that this was literal fire that proceeded from this particular creation of God, uh, this, this created being. And the reason they, they think like that is because they've never ever seen anything like that. And so they cannot believe that something, a creature like that can exist, that God could have created a creature like that. And I'm just talking about the, the fire aspect coming out of his mouth, because obviously, excluding that, the rest of the, uh, the, the um, description given to us by God nowhere comes close to describing a whale or a crocodile. But with regard to the fire proceeding from this, the mouth of this particular uh, creation of God, this is a sea creature. God talks about him in the sea. Um, Bible scholars tend to forget that uh, the Bible actually does mention on more than one occasion uh, creations of God that actually do, uh, that he allows to uh, pour fire forth from their mouths. And you think about the two witnesses in the book of Revelation at the end of the age, um, Moses and Elijah, both of them will um, kill their adversaries with fire proceeding from their mouths. And then we have the, um, those creatures again in the book of Revelation and that will roam the earth in the, in the day of judgment, really, uh, the last days, uh, talking about these creatures that look like lions with uh, tails like serpents and fire proceeding from their mouths, fire and brimstone, killing a third of mankind. So there you have two of God's creations, uh, two men, and also these um, 
creatures we haven't seen before uh, roaming the earth in the last days and fire coming out of their mouth. They also, I'm talking about the Bible scholars that refute this as not being accurate, that God was just, you know, you know, kind of accusing God of being dishonest when he says that fire proceeded from this particular Leviathan's mouth. They forget about the fact that fire proceeds from God's mouth. And we pick that up in Psalm 18.8. With regards to the two witnesses uh, in Revelation, Elijah and Moses, 11, uh, Revelation 11.5 describes there where fire proceeds from their mouth. And then Revelation 9.17 talks about the creatures in the last days where fire will proceed from their mouths, devouring humankind and killing a third of mankind at that time. And so uh, there is no animal alive today that fits the description of this particular creature that God describes to Job. Why is that? Well, the reason is, is that the, the creature that comes closest to resembling the creature that God describes in this uh, particular passage of Scripture is uh, um, the creation of God that began to swim in the oceans of the earth roughly 208 million years ago. Uh, mankind today knows that particular cre uh, creation of God as Plesiosaurus. Plesiosaurus, I'll get it right. Um, these creatures became extinct about roughly 66 million years ago. Nevertheless, their fossilized remains do uh, exist in the earth. There have been numerous examples of those fossils that have been discovered by mankind. And so that particular creation, um, which scientifically is proven to have lived on the earth between 208 million years ago and 66 million years ago that particular um, creation best resembles the creature that God describes to Job. So why is it that God describes to Job this particular creature? Because I mean if the, the, this particular creature existed on the earth 208 to 66 million years ago Job lived roughly about 10,000 years ago. So Job wouldn't have known this creature. Job would not have seen any fossilized remains of this creature because it's only over the recent uh, number of years, when I say recent, we're talking about a couple of hundred years now, that scientists have begun to discover fossilized remains of these particular sea creatures that once existed in the earth. So why does God describe this particular creature to Job? Because Job couldn't have known the creature that God was talking about. Well, God actually shows Job this creature in a vision while he's narrating to Job what Job is seeing. So why does God do that? Well, God does that because God knows that knowledge will increase in the earth as the age draws to a close. We've already dealt with that thus far in this series, that scientific knowledge is increasing exponentially in the earth. Well, knowledge is increasing exponentially in the earth. And so God knew that what would happen as we get draw closer to the end of the age is that mankind would begin to discover fossilized remains of these kind of creatures. Now, it's not just these creatures. Obviously, there are myriads of other uh, fossilized remains that have been discovered in the earth today thus far, but we're dealing with this particular creature. So God knew that mankind would discover their fossilized remains. So that is the reason why God reveals to us in Scripture 
um, a very detailed description of a creature that existed, one of his creations, a sea creature that existed in the earth uh, 208 to 66 million years ago because he knew we would discover it and he wanted to show us in scripture that he's the one that created that creature. So that's the reason why it's revealed to us in scripture. So again, as I say, science agrees with, with uh, scripture with regards to the fact that the sea creatures are the oldest living life forms that have existed on the earth. And so they're the first uh, living uh, creatures that God created in the earth the sea creatures, we mentioned the trilobites already, and then this particular creature that God speaks about, the <laughs> Plesiosaurus. I think I got this uh, pronunciation right. This brings us to the second stage of day, uh, creation, uh, day five, which is the account of God creation, creating the flying creatures of the earth. Now, unlike the timing of the sea creatures uh, appearing on the earth, uh, scientists disagree with Genesis, the Genesis account in, in this instance here because scientists do not agree with the fact that uh, flying creatures appeared in the earth before animals appeared in the earth because their uh, scientific discoveries have revealed to them that animal life forms are older than flying creature life forms. Um, but we must understand that science is very uh, limited in this area because they are um, limited to that which they can discover purely by accident because it's only by accident that fossilized remains are uncovered in the earth in different locations in the earth from time to time. It's purely by accident that they, well, it's not really accident. I mean, God is the one who directs them. They don't know it. But nevertheless, it's as God chooses to allow them to discover these various fossilized remains that science can say, oh, okay, we've discovered this now. And so they, as I say, they're limited in, in, in the amount of fossilized remains that they can discover. And so they, they build their uh, theories, their hypothesis, based on that which they have discovered thus far. And so, as I say, science disagrees with um, the Bible account of the winged creatures being created before the animals, because God only created the living creatures of the earth, the animals, uh, on day six in the Genesis creation account. Um, with regards to the um, winged creatures, a more accurate translation of bird in, in, in the scripture is a, a, a winged creature. And the reason for that is because it, it describes more accurately to us the flying creatures that God has created in the earth. Because again, we go back the oldest um, fossil uh, found in the earth today of a, a legitimate flying creature that existed in ages past is uh, a pterosaur. Um, and that is discovered um, to have existed on the earth roughly about 228 million years ago. That's the oldest fossilized remain they found. Now, there's lots of pterosaur fossils that they've discovered, but that's the oldest um, species that they have discovered. So it's a, it's a species of flying creatures that existed in the earth. They flew in the air, which is what God created them to do. And so the Bible account, Creation Day 5, is that God created the sea creatures first. Science agrees with that. The oldest um, fossilized remains is 
521 billion year, million years ago. Uh, just on the point, we, we discussed right at the outset of the, of the teaching that with regards to creation events taking place in Genesis, that some creation events took place over billions of years, some creation events took place over millions of years, and some creation events took place over thousands of years. We've dealt with the billions of years up to day four, because from day two to day four, we're talking about 14.5 billion years through to 4.5 billion years ago. Um, well, day four, sorry, also uh, we're looking at um, the, the um, plant life in the earth and um, science has kind of verified that because they, they, they're looking at plant life that they can find this, um, evidence thereof of 3.5 billion years ago. So that's the creation events in the billions of years. We're now stepping into the creation events that took place over millions of years, not billions. And so the first um, sea life that we see created by God 521 million years ago, that particular creature that we discussed that God described very clearly for us, uh, we're looking at uh, Pleosaurus, I think that's how you pronounce it, um, existing in the earth roughly uh, 208 to uh, 66 million years ago. And then we're looking at uh, the pterosaurs which God created in the earth. They existed 228 million years ago. There will be older fossils that they will discover eventually, as I say, as science eventually does catch up with scripture. And so that is a, a brief overview, overview of day five of creation, when God started to create the sea creatures and the flying creatures in the earth. In the next teaching, we'll have a look at day six, when God begins to create the land creatures in the earth. We're going to end the teaching on that one.